Are you looking for ways to attract and retain private pay clients? Thryzer is a payment platform for therapists built to help clients automatically tap into their out-of-network benefits and save on therapy up front. Check out our special link, join.thryzer.com forward slash modern therapist, and use the code modern therapists to activate $2,500 in free payments with Thryzer. Therapy Notes, the number one trusted EHR among mental health professionals, just keeps getting better and better. With legendary customer support 24 hours a day, seven days a week, they're giving you all the tools you need to succeed, whether you're a solo clinician or a group practice. Try them free for two months using promo code MODERN today. You're listening to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide, where therapists live, breathe, and practice as human beings. To support you as a whole person and a therapist, here are your hosts, Kurt Widhelm and Katie Vernoy. Welcome back, Modern Therapists. This is the Modern Therapist Survival Guide. I'm Kurt Withhelm with Katie Renoy, and this is the podcast for therapists, things that we should be aware about. And this week, we are bringing to light some things that have been around for a while, talking about some scams that target therapists, ways that you can protect yourself, and just things to be aware about. And first, we should probably address the biggest scam out there for therapists, which is grad schools convincing you that this is a lucrative profession. (laughs) Not quite a scam, but certainly if you're considering being a therapist, I think that there are a lot of different ways that you can make a decent living, but saying that it's a super lucrative career as is, it's uh, that's not exactly true. More seriously, though, there's a number of scams that have been around for years that tend to start to target people, usually off some of those professional directory listings. They just kind of go down the list. And Katie and I have found a few of them. We've been attempted targets of a few of them. I guess we'll just kind of go through this a little bit here. Katie, what's the first one that you want to address? I think the one that is scariest to me that has not happened to me, but I've heard a lot of folks who have been potentially taken in by it is the one where someone calls posing as law enforcement, whether it's the sheriff's deputy or other types of police officers, they have varying levels of skill in either identifying law enforcement professional or a similar phone number or something to a local police station or or that kind of stuff, where they then say that you have missed a federal court appearance or you've failed to appear at a local court appearance or you're in contempt of court and that you have to pay all these fines or you have to come somewhere to pay some fines. I mean, there's things that get pretty far along, a lot of different tactics inside it. And I, I think it's it's pretty scary because it's something where we do as a profession oftentimes interact with law enforcement and the court system. And so it can be very easy to be like, oh my gosh, how did I miss this thing and and want to resolve it? I think folks are more aware of it. There's been some articles and we'll link to those in the show notes of, of around folks that have tried to put this out as publicly as possible. But even when you're doing your due diligence and they've use the name of someone who's readily available on a website and they've used a phone number that's you know pretty similar. I, I think it can be hard to parse that out, especially with the intensity of what you've done wrong, you know? This one really relies on our inherent appeal to authority. 
that sure. it relies on us having kind of a initial like being thrown off being you know really not operating out of our wise mind and then just following the orders of authority some of us i've seen in these articles and we can post some of the articles that we're basing this episode on in our show notes you can find those over at mtsgpodcast.com but a lot of them describe people who have a fear of having officers show up to their office and arrest them in front of clients. And mm. because there's always an immediacy of these are things that need to happen right now. And so it is really that wanting to follow authority, wanting to take care of things, it's balanced between kind of this good cop, bad cop sort of thing that a lot of these scammers end up doing, which is you need to take care of this right now. But if you take care of it, we'll just make sure that you're taken care of. Yeah. And it also usually seems to involve people needing to pay in things either like cash or gift cards because their payment processor systems are down. These are things where in your response to them, you are better off just kind of calming down. They try to keep you on the phone so that way they can keep you engaged in this, keep you on the line, keep you hooked into it. But these are things that to get to a place where you can make some common sense decisions about this is if you're in a smaller town, you might only have one sheriff's office. You might actually know all of the law enforcement officials in your town. If it's a small enough town, uh, larger urban areas, these systems, if they're down, they're not going to be able to accept your process payment in the first place. So really wanting to make sure that everything stays official relies on you to kind of get off of the phone with them. They usually spoof the phone numbers to the local precinct or whatever is nearest to you and go and talk to literally any other officer at the precinct other than the one that they're trying to pull that name from. And some of that, I think, requires, like you said, getting into wise mind, some of it requires having the ability to navigate the system. And I think, you know, this is something and this is as a a woman, there have been times when if I am not convinced that the person pulling me over is actually legitimate, I should drive to the police station. And I think this is this is similar advice. If you're not sure that the person that's showing urgency that you respond right now to this thing is who they say they are, actually go to police station and and determine that out. I recognize that not all folks are going to feel comfortable and safe with law enforcement. And so I think that's another element of it. And so I think this this can be a pretty dicey one as far as just really empowering yourself to to say no, to take action, and to find ways that you can either get whatever information you actually need and or get to safety. A different version of this one that I've heard of is people posing as the IRS and running through a kind of very similar sort of procedure. I've talked with CPAs who have said that the IRS will never call you, that you will always receive information from them via mail. So part of this is really just understanding that go through the official channels. If you are in trouble, you seem very cooperative in the first place, but don't rush to necessarily do this. You know, if you're really that much in trouble with things, contact your attorney in the first place and see what they advise as well. But knowing that this is a fairly common one that's out there, 
you're not alone in this one and rely on kind of the collective experience of people who have been targeted with this. And most of the scams seem to be trying to tell someone that they are in trouble. And if you just pay me, this trouble will go away. And to me, I, I mean, obviously, a lot of these scams are trying to get money, just some way getting money or using your business as a way to be able to use like a stolen credit card or something like that. And we'll go into that in a little bit. But to me, you know, the, another one like this is somebody contacting you through your website contact form and saying that you're using copyrighted images and that they're going to go mm. after you and you just pay this fee. And, and I think this one, I, I think probably there are some really strong ones there, especially if, if they're targeting like known website builders who are using, you know, the same pictures over and over again or something like that, because then you didn't pick the picture. You didn't, you know, you don't know the provenance of the picture that you picked, but they also are targeting other folks. And somebody's like, I took that picture. <laughs> <laughs> and so like, sometimes, you know, it can, it, you know, as a community, if we communicate together, we can identify like, yeah, this isn't exactly legitimate. But I think it's something where, you know, even legitimate claims where maybe you got it from Unsplash or Pexels or whatever, and it was free at the time, if you don't have the provenance for it, you may end up having to either take it down or or pay a fee to have it on the website if it's now a paid only picture. But usually folks, if they come after you and say something and you're not sure, again, don't immediately respond. <laughs> like get your ducks in a row and then take those ducks and decide what you're going to do. Thrizer is a payment platform designed for out-of-network therapy. As a therapist, you would use Thrizer to charge clients for sessions and collect your full rate up front. From the client's perspective, Thrizer links to their health plan, so insurance claims are automatically submitted for them upon every charge. From there, Thrizer manages the claims end-to-end -end so that your clients don't have to worry about manually submitting super bills or getting on calls with insurance. The best part? Thrizer allows clients to only pay their co-insurance portion for sessions, while Thrizer covers the rest of your fee and waits for reimbursement on their behalf. They also offer you an instant benefits calculator for free, allowing you to provide upfront transparency to prospective clients on their out-of-network coverage. Therapists only pay a standard 3% credit card processing fee per session with no additional fees. Visit join.thrizer.com forward slash modern therapist to get started and use our promo code modern therapists to receive $2,500 in waived fees for your sessions. Many of you know that I teach law and ethics and in this process, I'm not speaking for all of the legal profession, but in most of these cases, if you are in trouble, you will not receive this information by email. You will receive a cease and desist letter, or you will receive a, a subpoena in order to make an appearance that unless those things are properly delivered to you, an email that is vaguely sounding in some sort of authoritative way will be followed up by something more official. At that point, you will need to definitely act, but know that just in having to respond to an email right up front is kind of relying on you just trying to pay to make a problem go away. And it's not to say that these things aren't sometimes valid. And you know, one of the people in our space who went through this a while ago, Allison Perrier over at Abundance Practice Builders, has an article that we'll link to in the show notes about 
how she did what many of us have done in the past, which is search for free stock photos online, where it legitimately was a person who had the rights to the photographs who was contacting her. And she describes her whole process that had happened in a legitimate case over there. And she has some really wonderful recommendations as far as how to protect yourself. So we'll include that as something in our show notes for you as well. We are not typically trained to be business people. That's one of the things that, you know, a lot of our colleagues works to, work to fix, and as well as some of the, the stuff that we've uh, supported as far as putting out business training as well. But it seems like across the the business world, especially small businesses, there are going to be folks that get kind of into these little niche spaces and want to charge you for something that you can do for free or for very little money. And and also can be very confusing. If you're a corporation, you can start getting things about putting up human resources flyers or having your corporate minutes or I mean, there's a lot of stuff and, and these may be legitimate businesses, but it's something where it looks like the way they have formatted the mailer or those types of things, it looks like they are a government entity telling you that you owe a fee. And so really with kind of distinction looking at do I actually need to register my trademark internationally? And is this a legitimate body that would do that for me? <laughs> is this a fee that I need to pay? And then there's this other one, and this was something where I totally fell for this, and I couldn't figure out where my URL was uh, for many years. Is is I, you know, I was getting close to my renewal, and I got in the mail. Your renewals do, and it's this much money. And so I was like, oh, okay, well, how convenient. And so I paid it, and it basically was I was agreeing to give my URL to another holder. It was still a legitimate company. I still own the rights to it, but I couldn't find it to use it. It wasn't in the stable of all of the other URLs that I own because I took for granted that only the person or only the company that held my URL was actually going to send me a notice to pay. And so I think, you know, as you get further and further along, there's a lot of these things where, you know, you you search, you do a quick Google search and you're like, okay, I want to do an EIN. And someone's like, hey, we'll do, you know, you can get your EIN for $50 or something. And it's like, oh, okay. And you start down the path. You're like, wait a second. That's something I can get for free. And you mm -hmm. literally are filling in the same information. I almost fell for it. And I keep getting emails saying like, hey, you didn't finish it. <laughs> um, and I didn't put any the, any of the information because in, I, I was like scrolling down. And then I was like, I, I think I put my email address in. And then I realized, oh, wait, they're charging me money. I know I can get an EIN for free. Um, but it's literally the same form. You just fill it out. You pay them $50 and then they file it for you, which is ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. But it's, you know. It's one of those things, it's buyers beware, but I think it's important that you recognize people are going to try to get you to pay for stuff because you're a business, even if you don't need to have someone pay for it. And for a lot of our licenses, our information is publicly available, that there's mailing lists of where your license is, there are directories of people who have business licenses that are publicly available information that some of these companies will buy and then just send out things. I know that there's a company that probably buys it off of the employer development department here in California, because every so often I'll get letters that are like this vaguely sounding government-ish agency, like you know, the Center for Corporate Compliance or something like that, that is like, you have to follow all of these rules. And if you just buy this package from us, then everything is fine. And in like really fine print down at the bottom, it's like, this is an advertising service, but it's... Yeah. 
things where use some common sense. And if you have questions on things, then ask around, ask the communities, come over to the modern therapist community, be like, Hey, I got this. Is this something that's legit or not? Rely on some people who've been a little bit more experienced to get a more rounded out version of this before taking some action steps. These are the scams that target the business angle or the person like, Hey, I've messed up on my taxes or I've, you know, failed to appear at a court appearance or, or those types of things. I think the ones that are most common that I think most folks get are the ones that folks posing as, as clients and, and trying to, to maneuver in that space. And I feel like these take a very similar structure and people are pretty savvy about them. But I think because this, <laughs> this is a podcast on these scams for the newbies, I think we should share these as well. But the one that always sticks out is it usually starts in some way of a, of, of a parent or a spouse who is getting therapy for someone who's coming into your area for a short period of time, or I want to give something to my family, you know, this is a gift while I'm, I think one was recently like, while I'm having cancer surgery, like there's a lot of different little mechanisms where it's, hey, I'm an adult, I'm trying to get therapy for my adult family members, one or more family members, and I'm going to pay you. And usually if you keep going down the rabbit hole with this person, then it gets to a place where they pay you too much and then ask for a refund for the difference or for you to pay forward to a driver or someone who is going to be providing the rest of the services for their family members because they have some issue that they can't do it or whatever. And those always seem like red flags. But I think with this one, I've been able to cut it off at a number of different parts just based on kind of how I operate and what I think is appropriate. But I'm, I'm curious how you've interacted with these ones before I jump into my stuff. A lot of these ones involve kind of that overpayment up front, which usually it's either a stolen credit card or it's a bogus check that yeah. by the time that it gets processed through, you know, I've seen this, I've had people attempt to be like, I'll pay for, you know, 15 sessions up front and you can just take it out of the balances. These sessions come up and then after like two or three days after supposedly cashing the check, then you get asked for a refund. And mm. so you cut a check back, then you're going to find out from your bank, oh, the check bounced. I'm out what I sent them back and whatever fees that the bank is charging me for depositing mm. a check that bounced. Usually the safest ways in stuff like this is I tell people I don't take money for services that I have not yet provided that we can pay as we go along. That usually short circuits this one right up front, that you don't want to be in a position where sure. you're holding a bunch of money for somebody else. It creates some weird power differentials in the therapeutic process, even if it was a legitimate thing. I think you know here over the last couple of years, I'm not seeing this one as common as most people, especially with virtual therapy, have stopped taking checks altogether. Yeah. And, but other ways of doing it is just kind of like, okay, we can work it out when your child, spouse, whoever it is, actually shows up to the office and this credit card or whatever can serve as, you know, a background payment or a secondary payment. Not only does Therapy Notes combine billing, scheduling, notes, secure messaging, group telehealth, and more into one streamlined platform, they're also always adding new features and forms to their library. So no matter your specialty, Therapy Notes has you covered. 
Learn more at therapynotes.com and use promo code MODERN for two months free. I've actually short-circuited it even earlier than that in saying I, I don't engage in services for adults who have not consented for treatment. And so you can have your spouse, child reach out and set up a session. If you'd like to help pay for services, that's wonderful. There's a system within which that I do that, but you know, I'm not going to, you know, like you would need to have this person reach out for me to, to start services. And I think that's actually short-circuited it pretty quickly. I think the difficulty is, is sometimes there are people who reach out and maybe they, you know, they communicate differently through email. Maybe they're, you know, because a lot of people say like, oh, it was phrased different or they refused to get on the phone to talk about it and only wanted to deal through email. And those things can be red flags, but they can also be legitimate things. And so I always am a little bit leery about saying like, if it sounds like a scam, just don't respond because I've had in the past, and I think I probably said this in an episode right at the beginning, I don't remember what we were talking about, but like I had someone email that this person sent came up in my spam and and I found it. So I recommend go through your spam and make sure you're not missing client inquiries. But the way that the problem was described was very strange. And it was it was something where not necessarily an area of specialty, but not something that was completely out of my wheelhouse. I responded to this person, I discussed it with them, and we decided to have an initial session. And all of the time, the whole time I'm like, I don't know if this is a scam or not. I don't know if this person is trying to do X, Y, and Z or not. You know, like, but I just kept going forward saying like, hey, let's let's go through this process. And it was actually, you know, a, a lovely client, full fee for several sessions. And and it was something where if I would have treated it like a scam, and I think a lot of people did, this person would not have gotten any treatment. And that whole like therapist never respond, you know, kind of can can live on. And so I think it's hard because there are some times when someone may reach out in a way that feels very different from how most clients reach out. But that doesn't mean that they're not someone that's seeking services. It's just we have to be aware and cautious. And so I try to overdo the like, you know, make sure I've got the consent. Don't don't take payment up front. <laughs> you know, like all the pieces where it's like, okay, how many different times can I kind of do a little check that's just part of my routine that will weed out folks who are actually a scam versus folks who are just engaging in the system in a different way than kind of all of the therapist world is socialized that clients should reach out for services. Uh, another one that I came across, I'll give credit to Joe Borders. He's an MFT up in the Sacramento, California area. And we'll link to his site that also links to a few of our things that we've discussed already. Apparently, people are also receiving text messages or emails that seem to be under some sort of services around like, hey, my wife and I or my daughter or I want to talk to you about this and has a link. I've always been taught don't click on unsolicited links that you don't know where they're going. And this one seems to rely on kind of hiding something within wherever that that link sends you to, whether it is to put malware or something else on your computer, but just 
don't click links that you don't know what they are. Those can lead to a lot of harm as well. So Joe Borders has some suggestions on his page of places that you can copy and paste the links into a reputable website that will say, this is either a legitimate place, here's where it goes to, or here's a phishing scam. But don't click on unsolicited links. Yeah. And I think some of this stuff is just, okay, what are the scams or the ways that people are targeted in the world? And I, at some point, I think there was a cybersecurity presentation that I saw. And oftentimes folks will not spoof email accounts, but they will make email accounts that are very, very similar. So it'll be like, google.somethingcool.com and people will just see the Google or they'll see whatever and they'll think that it's coming from a a legitimate uh, Google email address and we'll click a link or we'll respond and, and all of those things. And so I think phishing schemes and all of that stuff are pretty common. And so, you know, I would even recommend kind of if you're getting a lot of communication that that you're not sure about or for folks with group practices, different things like that, I think a cybersecurity training could be very helpful because there's a lot of different ways that businesses are targeted. And as your business gets bigger, there's going to be different types of things that are targeted versus smaller businesses. And this was something that I think that in some of the world of, of you know, Facebook therapist Facebook groups, I, th- I saw this, uh, John Edwards was the person that kind of posted about this. But because we're small, legitimate businesses, we have websites, we have, you know, email addresses, we have all those kinds of things that uh, folks who steal identities and credit cards and stuff like that may try to charge stuff and see if the credit card is still good so that they can then go off and use a stolen credit card. So it's not about targeting you in particular. It's about checking from a small business where you might just take a copay so they can do a quick $15 charge and people don't necessarily worry about it until much later when they realize their credit card has been stolen or, or that their identity has been stolen. And so, you know, people have gotten calls from somebody saying like, hey, you charged a whole bunch of money to my credit card that wasn't mine. I'm not your client. And I think those things, sometimes it's it's one thing, but but sometimes it's folks trying to test out credit cards that they've already stolen. And so it's mm-hmm. just that, you know, you've got a business that is easy to hide a, a, a charge in. I don't know how that happens. Maybe there are, people have payment portals that are, you know, just to pay and not kind of the whole system where like with the EHR that I have, you know, you, you have to go in as a client to be able to charge a card. But if you're using some of the kind of external payment processing things, uh, you may end up having somebody use your business to see if the credit card will go through. So a lot of just general practice advice on these kinds of things is be curiously skeptical when you are receiving unsolicited calls that, you know, I've also seen versions of these of like people posting from licensing boards that you're in trouble with them, that be skeptical Mm -hmm. of these things, hang up, call legitimate numbers from the offices of these departments. And if nothing else, let those departments know, let your professional organizations know of, you know, these are the kinds of messages that I'm receiving. Those organizations will usually have some kind of response that they blast out to their members or their licensees. Hey, there's a scam going around. Be aware of it. Yeah. It can be shameful if you're the victim of one of these, that you got duped. Hey, we're highly educated people. And falling for one of these is embarrassing but happens all the time (laughs) it does it's 
been around longer than I've been practicing. And I, I think it unfortunately will continue to happen. And so some of the best ways of protecting yourself on this is really just talking about it as it's happening, talking about it after it happened, making sure that those messages continue to get elevated. And and I think the the pieces of advice, just to kind of wrap it up one more time, is don't click on links. You don't know where they go. Don't give out personal information and especially don't give out financial information. Uh, don't take payment up front when you're worried that somebody's going <laughs> to ask for a refund. And if if you're being uh, addressed by some sort of official entity, make sure that you read all the way through, check the email address, check to see what's being asked and contact the actual official entity if you're not sure that this is some sort of a scam or, or a uh, shady business uh, trying to get your money or trying to get you uh, out of your office or whatever. I mean, there's there's just some safety precautions that can be helpful to try to, to knock some of these things off. But as we've seen, folks continue to get more and more uh, complex in their their systems and, and stronger in their, their mechanisms of being able to fool folks like spoofing emails or, or phone numbers. And so if you do get caught up in one of these things, please let people know, because if you were, if you were tricked, other people will be too. If there's anything that you think that we're missing, let us know. You can do that either through our social media or come join our Facebook group, the Modern Therapist Group, and also be a resource for anybody else who might be posing some of the same challenges that they would be facing. And until next time, I'm Kurt Whithelm with Katie Vernoy. Remember to check out Thryzer. They are passionate about making out-of-network therapy work for everyone. Clients save upfront on therapy while therapists earn their full rate. Get started in minutes on join.thryzer.com forward slash modern therapist and use the promo code modern therapists and receive $2,500 in waived fees for your sessions. Thanks so much to our partner, Therapy Notes, the highest rated practice management solution for behavioral health. Don't forget, using promo code MODERN gets you two free months. Thank you for listening to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide. Learn more about who we are and what we do at mtsgpodcast.com. You can also join us on Facebook and Twitter. And please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of our episodes.